Hello and welcome back to Chesna Guest. My name is Francesca Victory and today I'm interviewing Jennifer, which I'm very excited about. We are going to be talking about women in technology. I really wanted to get you on because I think you're so inspirational, not just like the black women, but to all women. Like the manage that like, do what you want to do. Like I read, by the way, guys, I read her whole blog earlier. <laughs> just like trying to like gauge what I'm gonna what questions I'm gonna ask her. And I was like, she's awesome. Like your story is great. And like the way you want to use your voice as well to like help others and encourage others to get involved in technology is just amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just you're just great. I just love it. <laughs> um, so what made you like to start off with? What did you do before you did tech? So before I was in tech, I was pursuing a career to become a psychodynamic therapist. I know it's mad. I don't even know what, I don't know how I went from that to this. I've been asking and praying about it for a long time. But <laughs> I was, I graduated with a certificate in counselling at Bert Becchini in London. And then I just got to a point where it just wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, I enjoyed it. I was working with young offenders as well. I was working disadvantaged children with a local um, charity. Um, and it was all amazing. And I loved being able to work with young kids, but I didn't feel fulfilled. Um, mm -hmm. So that was what I was doing before I got into tech. And during that transition, before I actually got into tech, I went back to university again and started a degree in business and French language. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's when the opportunity to learn how to code came up and then everything else just flowed. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad, you know, I'm so happy to hear you say that you did other things before you did this. Because I'm like one of them people where I'm always like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Like, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like a trial thing. And it's good to know that there's someone that's tried out different things and then finally got to the thing that they want to do. Mm -hmm. So then how did the tech come about? Because obviously it's so random compared to the other things that you were doing. Yeah. So what happened was, is during my second year of university, um, a non-profit um, organisation called Code First Girls, they came to our university and they were offering free classes um, to women and non-binaries that were students at the university to basically learn how to code for free. Um, it was basically aimed at women who had never coded before or just wanted to know what it was like. Um, so I did that course in October 2017 and we built a website in eight weeks. So we spent two hours a week and within eight weeks we had a full working website that was live, like, that was our project. And I think that point was like, wait, if you really think about it, we literally built a website in 16 hours. If my math is bad, then tell me, because math isn't great. But <laughs> <laughs> I think eight times two is 16. So like, I was just like, wow, like we literally built a website in, in, in like in this such such a short amount of time so if we can do this imagine what else you can build um fast forward a year and code first girls came together with bt um and they created a full-time coding program aiming at women and non-binaries again um to give an, an opportunity to learn how to code full-time like monday to friday nine to five and to learn to code for free. And as long as you pass your assessments, then you'll have an opportunity to be interviewed to become junior software engineers. And I got onto that program and that was in my final year of my degree. Um, and then I just had 
I've, I completed the program, but then you I had ultimatum. And doing your degree. Yes. So oh. was, I know. So I was like, so in my final year, my university, Burbank, Burbank University is an evening university. So all their courses are in the evening from 6 p.m. onwards. And the course is nine to five. So I was able to do both. So you're like running from one to the other. Literally, it was crazy. And it was like, but you know what? For me, in my mind, I was thinking, I can't leave uni because I'm not sure if I'm going to get a job. And I can't just leave this program because I don't know if I'm going to do well in, my, in uni. And I was actually failing anyway because earlier, earlier that year, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and attention deficit disorder and dyspraxia. So that had a huge impact on my learning, my learning experience. Um, that my performance at uni was getting really, really bad. So yeah. I was fighting to kind of hang in there and at least leave with something. But at the same time, this amazing opportunity where I could actually end up becoming a software engineer was right there. And when I got the to the interview stage, and then when I got offered the job, it was either leave uni or take this job and just move to Belfast. I just left uni and just moved to Yeah, but it's like it's meant to be. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you've, you've done all this course and then you've got the interview and then you've got the job. Like, you was meant, that, that was what was meant for you at that, mm-hmm. at that time. For yeah. someone that knows nothing about technology, like, I can barely use Skype. Like, <laughs> my mum always says, you know, like, oh, you, can you help me do this? I'm like, no, I don't know how to do that. Like, I'm just so rubbish. What would you, what, how do you describe, like, coding? What exactly is it? I describe, the best way I describe it to someone who doesn't know it is coding is a language that you use to build, well not even a language, I would say it's a skill that you use to build different products um, or different pieces of software. So for example, the laptop is running on code, your phones are running on code, someone used code to make um, Zoom, to make um, video games, to make um, so much things. And sometimes we don't think about that. Like someone actually started writing something up from scratch in order for us to experience something. Yeah, yeah. They, they went through it to see if it will work so that it can help to make things better. Um, but it's an incredible skill to have. And I'm, and I'm not talking like, it's like, I'm not like a coding genius, yeah. <laughs> but I will say that it's such a rewarding skill that you're constantly learning every single day because it changes every day. Like if you can... Like with your, you know, you're saying ADD, that can, like you, your concentration can go, can't it? Mm-hmm. Like with that, if you're constantly learning and it's constantly new, then mm-hmm. that helps with that, couldn't it? Or... Um, yes and no. I think that everyone has a different way of handling this everyone's ADD depending on the person it might be more severe than others um so for me I'm not at that stage where for example I have to take medication um yeah. some people that do take medication I don't take medication um that was a choice that I made not to do um but um people do take therapy they do use other concentration techniques like um something that I use is the Pomodoro technique which means that you concentrate for 25 minutes and you, there's no distractions, but then after 25 minutes, you're giving yourself a five minute break. You don't do what you were doing, what you're concentrating on. And it does help to let your mind process the information that it just received. And then you can go back into reading it again, or you can kind of feed back what you have studied and be able to think, okay, this is what I just read. Do I understand that? I didn't understand this, or I don't remember this. So at least I can then go back 
and have a look at where I really don't remember <laughs> what I just read. So it, it happens, but you have to find a way of um, finding a strategy that works for you. Um, so there's strategies like that that are an option, but there's also medication that's an option as well that you can you can go for. But I always say just make sure you just go and see a GP and speak to someone about it and yeah. speak to a specialist about it before you go ahead and... Yeah, because obviously we're not professionals. You're just talking from your yeah. experience. Yeah. I'm just talking from my experience, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea because a lot of people lose concentration quickly. Like, I know I do because I'm very hyper. So, like, I'll be like, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do this. I could do this. I could do this. But that, mm -hmm. I feel like that 25-minute thing would be quite good for me. So yeah. It would give me a chance to, like, sit there, like you said, focus, then come away from it for a bit. Yeah, it does help. It helps to balance things. And... I think like for me when I'm not working as well like say for example I wanted to just do some reading I could not sit there and just read one book like all day I'll go nuts so I tend to switch between at least three or four books to keep my <laughs> mind busy I know it sounds crazy so what I do is I will I have like an app that a timer that I have that will switch off all like my social media app I won't get any notifications for the 25 minutes right so I'll start reading one book. So I started reading The Notebook. My flatmate gave that to me. I never heard of The Notebook. Everyone talks about this notebook, the movie The Notebook. I don't know it. Sorry, sis. I don't know The Notebook. Please don't judge me. I've never heard of The Notebook, okay? <laughs> but like, I was just like, okay, let me read this book. And I read, I read for 25 minutes and I was like, wow. Okay, cool. Next book, read for 25 minutes. And it helps to kind of keep your mind busy. And it helps me manage my my um, lack of attention on different things. Yeah. It helps me manage that. But yeah, you find a strategy that works for you. How do you remember what from each book? <laughs> remember what's going on? I'd be like, what book was this? What, 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 what was I reading in this one? It's literally that five minute window. Yeah. That five minute window I will like close the book and just think about what it is that I just read and it actually helps I'm like wow like I actually remembered what I just read back when I was a kid I didn't I thought it was normal to forget things I think I've actually had ADD since I was a child but I my parents were not educated on on that and I don't think my school was either because I had those moments where they gave me a book to read and I read the whole book like I was reading I read like the Harry Potter Goblet of Fire, that big chunky one. I read that whole thing. I don't remember anything from that book. No recollection. And it was like, I didn't think of anything. I just went back to the school and said, I've, I finished it. But yeah. I don't, I didn't know what the story was until the movie came out. <laughs> I did not know, like, what well, I, I read the book, but I don't remember that being, in the, was yeah. it just me? But um, I'm, I'm glad that I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed as an, as an adult. But I'm glad that I finally have a name to the behaviour and it's not something that was just something I just brushed under the rug while I wasn't going nuts. Like, it was just something that I genuinely had that I just didn't know I had. So, you know the Pomodoro um, effect you were talking about? Do you use that for your coding as well? So, like, remember what you've done? Yeah, I do. So, even when it comes to my job, um, once they've given me a task, I'm putting a timer on for 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'll concentrate on that task. If there's questions that I don't understand, I'm writing down those questions. Yeah. And then in the five minute window, I'll just take a break for myself. Then I'll mm -hmm. come back in another 25 minutes and then send messages to my team and say, hey, I didn't understand this, 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 and this. And then it normally takes another 25 minutes for them to explain it and help me get through it. 
then I take a break after that. So it's just working it into my everyday routine, but it works for me. So that's good. <laughs> I'm so glad you found something that works for you. I want to talk about, um, I was looking up statistics earlier about women in technology, and it said that it's only, they only make up 17% of the whole, 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 whole people employed. Yeah. And being a black woman as, woman as well, I read on your blog that on your, in your building, there's just you as a black woman in there. Yeah. So um, how do you feel like that you can encourage more women, more black women to get involved in coding? Is that something that you'd want to do? Yeah, it's something that I'm doing. I think that for me, blogging and sharing my experience on Twitter or Instagram, even now starting my YouTube channel, people need to see what's possible. So for me, sharing my experience was kind of accidental. I had that moment where the CTO of BT came to the office and just asked everyone, how are you guys doing? Um, How would you give a rating out of 10 from working here? And I think I gave a score of like, I think I gave a score of like four or six mm. and I simply explained to them that as much as I recognize BT and like if you if you're born and raised in the UK like you you can't not know BT everyone knows BT yeah. like you grew up with that brand but I was really disappointed that I was the only person that looks like me in that space and I I, I let them know that I'm coming into a, a whole room and I'm surrounded by people but you wouldn't expect to be feel alone and I do I, I feel alone here and he was really taken aback but he wasn't taken aback in a bad way it was like wow I've, I never thought of it like that let's have a conversation so for me speaking about my experience is how conversation took place so that's when I know that that's when I knew that for me speaking about my experience outside of BT as well is how people can start to relate and understand and then people can also see what's possible. So it's not just about seeing a woman in tech. You're seeing someone that has dyslexia and they're in tech. You're seeing someone that has ADD and they're in, they're in tech. You're seeing someone that's black, someone that's in their, their late 20s getting into their 30s, someone that has no degree. There's so many reflections to one person and it's reflecting to somebody. And people have to be able to see that and hear that because then they're like, whoa, I never even would have thought of getting into technology had I not heard this person's story or that person's story and even just that for yourself you're sharing your experience you're on a podcast but people are seeing your you do what you're doing they're like whoa I never thought that I could do what you what 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 a chess is doing I can do it too they, they're seeing the reflection in our stories and that's why I, I love sharing my story I love being able to reach out to people I think it's incredibly important that we do that more and hopefully start to inspire more people from minorities and for me particularly black people um to really really consider getting into technology yeah 100 percent. i think it's so good that you um spoke out about it because a lot of people might have felt uncomfortable when he asked that question to say that and it's yeah. so good that you have because then you can make a change and you you can make a difference so what do you think that it is that makes you feel alone in the office I think I think like when you're in an environment where you can't connect with somebody from a cultural perspective as well you just want to have that connection with somebody I think like sometimes like in the best way I'll describe it it would be like a woman working in an environment where she's the only woman yeah you want to be able to talk to a woman yeah. like you just want you're looking for a woman like even if you go to an event you're looking for where the women are 
you don't want to talk to the guys yeah like the women and then if you're if you are asian or if you are black you're looking for someone that looks like you to connect with it's about connect that connection it's just something that's ingrained in us you want to find someone that looks like you in some way to connect with and to make you feel like okay I'm in a safe space I'm in a good space let me go and talk to that person and communicate that person and that was a struggle for me at first um but there's um a lot of women in the in BT that I will say um I will say in my office there's a lot of women um even in senior roles as well and it's great to see that um but in other spaces like in other organizations there are women women that can't say anything or they feel uncomfortable to say anything or maybe feel like maybe they'll be at risk of losing their jobs or maybe they'll feel like um they'll be blocked for promotion or whatever being open like that in in the way that I am it might be problematic for some, but they can't speak, you know? Um, so, yes. <laughs> I think my whole podcast is about, like, being open and people finding their voices and, like, that's exactly what you're doing. And, like, if you if you don't say anything, then nothing's ever going to change. Exactly. Like, if you just keep everything to yourself, then nothing's ever going to change. I wanted to ask you a question. Go so, kind of covered it a little bit, but... To people, to women that think they can't do a certain career, like anything, it doesn't necessarily just have to be tech, what would you say to them? I'll say that if if men can look at a job description and think that they qualify, even if they only meet like half of the criteria, then I'm not really sure why you're stressing. Because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we have to be like that. And the thing is, I, I have those moments as well and be like, oh, I don't know if I can put myself forward for that but like statistically it shows that when a man looks at a job description if they meet 60% of what the employer is looking for they'll apply and for us I believe it's a lot more than that I think it's I think it's about 80 or 90% for if a woman looks at a job description they want to make sure that they meet as much as they possibly can before they put themselves forward and I think that we have a tendency sometimes to want to aim for perfection we we want to make sure that if we are putting ourselves forward for something we're giving 110 percent and they're not going to be disappointed when they get us but it's like we we are capable of so much more than we think and we have to start having that mentality where we have no fear Mm -hmm. even if, it, if they say, oh, you haven't got this job or you, we don't think that you'd be right for this job. There are millions. Yeah. There are millions of positions. Um, I believe it, like the statistic now is that there's like a million jobs in tech that needs to be filled. And um, I think, I'm not sure this percentage at the moment, but there's not basically not enough people to fill in those roles in tech. Because technology is everywhere. We use it so much, don't we? And there's constant new yeah. things being created. So mm-hmm. obviously you need people to create them. 100%. Um, the, the importance of diversity and inclusion in technology is huge. And it's not just from an, from a, um, an emotional perspective for me in terms of like have, wanting to see a workforce that reflects modern society. But it's also about the products that we're using. We're using like so things like um, artificial intelligence and products that are being built, but they're not thinking about how it affects a woman or how it affects someone of color they're not that's not 
getting into their minds until after the product is released. Yeah. And there was even like um, when Snapchat first came out, when you use the filters, it would go to the lighter shade. So then we were like, so what's the best? There's bias in that. So then we started to think about who was designing that product. Yeah. That's that's the type of thing you have to think about. You have products that are being built by people that are not considering that you need the experience and mindsets of people that are from different walks of life and you have to be as diverse as possible. So we already have AI being used, I think, by the by the Metropolitan Police um, that has been trialed in East London, I think, I think Stratford. And there are um, m- the majority of um, people that are in those data sets are black. Mm. And it's like, you're assuming that because someone is black or because someone was re- arrested for breaking into their car with their friends at the age of 14, that they're going to commit a crime again in 16 years time at the age of 30 because of one thing they didn't know as a kid. Yeah. But that's, that, that, that shows that with artificial intelligence people are kind of feeding in their experiences or their biases but they have to be able to diversify that tech tech is changing every single day we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're all suddenly online and using using video technology who would have thought that you know like who would have thought that but um we have to have different mindsets and different views and different experiences behind the technologies and softwares that people are using because we have to make sure that it caters to everybody and doesn't isolate anybody and um we need not just women but many minorities in tech is needed so like it the tech needs to represent the population 100 percent. i really believe that population to Mm -hmm. be the best that it can be and to work for as many people as it possibly can exactly exactly now I don't I don't work in art in artificial intelligence but I've read bits of it here and there so I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in in that field but when I do read about it it's like wow like we we, we really we really do need to look at how we can diversify technology as much as we possibly can and it starts with um, people that are in tech to share their experiences and to and to also educate themselves on the importance of it um don't get me wrong there are people that disagree with that um there are people that are against it which is fine I mean that's them um, I, I'm, I'm not here for them like, I don't care but you know um for those that are um that, that think that it is important you have to share that you have to speak on that and even within the workplace you have to speak on that as well we need everyone to be vocal I'm not saying get on a get like go onto a stage in a conference and speak in front of a room of 20,000 people and Beyonce's in the corner like what's that what are you gonna say <laughs> we're not saying that I'm just saying like just just say it like if, if, if you're working in that field and there's people around you and you guys are building something that could impact people make that case and just say yeah, yeah. Let's but not a people, that. A lot of people think that just because they're one person, they're not going to make a difference. But if everyone thought that, then no one would make a difference. Like that one person could be the key to changing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Your your voice could be the key to changing the whole way they employ in technology and the whole way like and change who applies for technology jobs. So like you've got to just keep going and saying what you think, and the world 
would it be a world without opinions? Obviously, everyone's going to have their their opinion. For but, sure. Um, one last thing I want to ask you is, where do you see your career going? Like, what is your dream? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I... I think the, the first and foremost for me, I, I want to just continue to share my story. I, I just want to see, because what I love about sharing my story and connecting with people is the messages that I receive of people that are just saying, wow, I want to learn how to code just because of this video. I want to get into tech just because of this video. That is the biggest encouragement. And I, I really want to continue to see more people doing that. Like I want to see someone that said, oh, I saw a video of um, this black woman engineer and this black woman engineer, and now I wanted to do um, get into tech. I want to be able to see people um, really think about getting into technology and really think about lending their skills and their experience to the industry because it's needed. And I don't have a degree and neither do you. Like, you can literally start learning for free from your laptop. Like, you really, really can. And you can just build something. You can, If I can build a, a website in eight weeks, who knows what you can build? Um, so for me, continue to inspire people. Um, I would love to start my own tech company. That's like a dream of mine. I don't really know what the tech company will do, but you know, if we're making seven figures or something, I'll be satisfied. I ain't gonna complain, okay? I wanna leave a little inheritance for my kids and my grandkids. My great grandkids already rich, as Beyonce said, you know. <laughs> but definitely, definitely that. Um, but yeah, start my own tech company, inspiring people, and just yeah, just live a be- my best life. Just live my best life. When is your YouTube channel coming out, or is it started? It has started. Um, I'm actually recording another YouTube video today, hence the reason why I'm all dressed up and stuff. Otherwise, I would have been a hot mess today. <laughs> Makeup free and everything. Um, but yeah, um, my channel really focuses on sharing my story, but also trying to give advice to people. I'm, I'm very new to tech myself. I've only been working as a, a DevOps engineer for a few months. But prior to that, I was a software engineer for a year. So I've been in tech for just over a year now. And I'm still learning every single day. I still get things wrong. Maybe even some of the things that I said on this call was probably wrong, but I'm still learning constantly. And um, I want to be able to give back that even that year of experience that I know, I want to be able to share what I know and learn from other people. So yeah, you can check it out. Yeah. Oh, oh. (laughs) Oh, on YouTube. (laughs) thank you so much for coming on thank you she's such a lovely lady and she's so inspiring so please just follow her have a look at her stuff and maybe you will want to become involved in the technology industry yes thank you